Today is December 16th. We've got winter meetings aftermath to discuss what's next, what happened, did anything happen. We got a lot of voicemails from you fine folk, and we have a nice, short, but fun conversation with Michael K. Let's talk Yanks. What's up, everyone? Thank you for joining Talking Yanks, coming in and listening and hanging out with us for a little bit as we recap and wrap up and talk about winter meetings and what's next and all that fun shit. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. And my co-host, Jake, he's in Denver. We are back home from our little trip, our winter meeting. What's a fun word for trip that I was going to say? Excursion? Yeah, excursion. That's what I was looking for. You could tell because I said, eh, eh. You had it. Yep. Good, good job, Jake. How are you doing? I'm good, man. There's definitely a come down. Um, I think as you well know, you d- you did more traveling, so yours was part probably. Yeah, you had a one hour flight. Yeah, I mean, mine was more so. Like, you you and I both fell into it the day we got back. Like I was just I was dead. We got back Thursday night, and I like wanted to be dead but was still like powering through like just one just little stuff like there was a package for me at the front desk and you do one of those like i'm never gonna get that damn package but then it was like then on the way i took the dog out and one of the ladies that works the desk was like hey you have a package and i was like ah like okay but then you kind of felt good about it you're like okay i'm powering through i'm still doing semi-productive things then wake up friday didn't do anything played Played a lot of my out of the park baseball. Then this is this is me showing how much of a baseball loser I am. My come down from being exhausted from winter meetings was I tested out a theory if you had four starting pitchers and then you had another four starting pitchers that came in and relieved them every time. How to work. So out. that's where my life's at. Uh, it's good. I'm working on something, Jim. Nice. Brilliant. I'm working like on Trevor, something. Trevor Bauer in the lab. Kind of, yeah. I got I got the lab going. Nice. The wheels are spinning. I slept for 20 hours of 24 hours. I tweeted it out. It wasn't a lie. I went to sleep. Well, I came home from the red eye, and I barely slept on the plane. And then I, I, we made all those videos where we went around Vegas, so I edited those up, posted them, because I felt bad because we didn't record a radio show that day. And then at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I was done. So I went to sleep, and I slept from 2 p.m. to 5 in the morning, drove two hours, picked Katie up from her flight, drove two hours back, immediately got into bed, slept for another four hours. It's nice. Needed it. Not bad. Winter meetings were fun, though. Uh, Important news, Jake. Important. Important news. This episode of Talking Yanks is brought to you by a ton of fine folk. This episode of Talking Yanks is brought to you by Robert Tice. Is that how we said that was pronounced? I think so. Robert Teist, Brian Doyle, Jake K, J.B. Philippone, Jacob Schultz. Is that is that potentially three Jakes in a row? Jake, J.B., we're going to say it's his name. J.B.'s a pretty big reach to say, is that a Jake? <laughs> you don't think it, it, it potentially could be? It could be Jake There's Bob. There's a chance. It could be Jake Bob Philippone. Could be. Jacob Schultz, James Storielli, Vin Pensabeni. Jesse Blumenau, Gabe Rivera, Josh Irons, strong name, Chris Northrop, and Aaron Canada. Ya boy, Canada. So those are our most recent Patreon subscribers, and we appreciate you. And I'm guessing there's an influx because we did a Patreon-only behind-the-scenes episode of the Winter Meetings. Basically, whenever Jake and I were sitting around, and we didn't have anyone to interview, but we wanted to look busy or seem busy we just put the mics on and talked about who was walking by who did we see some behind the scenes stuff and then posted that for just a patron so uh also it's two dollars a month you can get live access video access you can watch us and uh you get the chance to win two jerseys each month one via raffle one via contest so that's exciting 
Don, um, Don Mattingly has weird hair. That that was announced. Hey, dude, us. that's patrons only stuff. What the hell? Ned Yost seems cool. What the hell? You're giving um, it all away. Um, but yeah, if you if you guys are subscribing to Patreon, we thank you, Susan. Um, if you're not, we'd appreciate it. Cut covers some of the the basic stuff for us to try to survive, um, and it's awesome. So thank thank you to the current Patreon subscribers, and and hopefully. Uh, if a couple couple more of you people could do it, that that'd be badass. And yeah, win win a jersey, two bucks and, a month. And Instead, I haven't given my coffee speech in a while. Should I give that? No, no, no. Here's the here's the speech. Brian Cashman, you could probably you're you're fine to donate two dollars a month, maybe two hundred a month, Brian, because because confirmed Cashman listens. So what's Brian, up? What's up, Cash? Thanks for listening. Ran him in. Ran into. I'll just talk to Brian. You remember, Brian. I ran into you in the hallway at the casino. We took a selfie together. You smiled. I said, enjoy the rest of your night. And you said, I'll hear you next podcast. So that was that was pretty cool. Actually, you know what? That was very cool because we came back and we were talking to some other people. And they were like trying to have a normal conversation with me. And I was like, nah, I can't do it right now, man. I'm kind of like drunk off this. Yeah. You, you, were, you were in a euphoric state. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, Unabashedly, it, I was. It it was I mean it was just it was pretty nuts and you I it's one of those situations that I think every person does this with some different aspect of their life but you just overanalyze like every word yeah, yeah like yeah. trying trying to think about details and I mean where we ended up landing was like he he likes the show because yeah. otherwise if he didn't like you he wouldn't just give you like a fake slap on the ass um, yeah so so cash. Uh, whenever you're ready to come on, I know the off season's pretty busy. Maybe we'll sit down together in spring training, but we're we're ready to have you on. I got, you know, at least two prepped questions, and the rest we can work on on the fly. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll see you in a bit. <laughs> All right, let's throw it to our conversation with Michael K, and then after that, we're going to come back with voicemails to set the scene here. This was the last day of winter meetings when media was all doing their thing, and it was at the end of that day. Michael K had just done his whole radio show, got off the set, sat down with Yes Network, did an interview with Brian. You're still listening. What's up, Brian Cashman? And then he went and did like baseball tonight for half an hour. And we were sitting there uh, waiting. And uh, then he comes back and he's done for the night. And I said, hey, Michael, want to sit down and debrief for a little bit? He was like, if you need me. So then here's this interview. He sat down with us. Here you go. Okay, we are joined now by Michael K., who needs no introduction, and it's the second time on the show, which is a big honor. But now we're sitting at a table with you, which is even more fun. Look you right in the eye. Yeah, 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 a little more intimidating. (laughs) But I want to say before anything, and I know this is buttering you up, but watching you work these last two days has been incredible. (laughs) It's impressive. Really? Yeah, because I said to him, like, it's crazy. You talk there, you talk there, you talk there, you talk there, you go back, and... It's like you're you guys just, don't have kids yet, right? Not yet. <laughs> when you have to not think yet. about college, you work hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually had a thought, and he thinks uh, this is a weird thought, but I think that you might, you might be up there for most words spoken per minute out of anyone going. When you wow. Do, when I, you do radio and then the game, I think if we had someone track it and then we tracked everyone else in the world, I think you'd be top five. But there, like when I do games with O'Neal, I don't talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> So you got to track it on a day when, you know. That's true. Yeah. yeah. No, you and Lighter. There's a lot of banter there. True. And and Kenny gives me some air, but yeah, you know, yeah. Paul talks most of the time. No. <laughs> My favorite booth is you, uh, Cone, and O'Neill, though. A lot of people like that booth, for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. So how do you do it? How do you, do you, do you turn <laughs> off at night and then, like, are you just don't talk at all? You know what? I, I, I don't want it to seem, I mean, how, how many people would kill for the jobs that I have? Mm-hmm. So I'm never going to complain. And it's really all I know. So it's not like all of a sudden I, I, I took a second job and now I've got to adapt from having one job to two. This is all I've known. So like on weekends during the baseball season, when I just do a game, I feel like, well, okay, what's next? Yeah. yeah. And nothing's next. <laughs> you know, the game's over and you go home, which is kind of neat, but I don't. I don't think it's anything heroic. I just. I just look at my jobs and I'm thrilled to have them, and it doesn't seem like hard work. Well, 
I mean, that's that's probably the, the most impressive thing, how easily you do it. Like, you did six hours, then you went straight to yes and did an hour. Mm-hmm. The debriefing was like five words. <laughs> you you pop next door, and I think the words were like, baseball, baseball, Yankees, baseball. Yeah, the only thing you really have to worry about is the makeup. That's, that's about it, because it kind of wears off as, again, as the show moves on. I should be like Don LeGrock. He doesn't put makeup on. He looks like a shaved gerbil. So. <laughs> It's just makeup and making sure when you eat, you don't get anything on you, and then you just go talk about. You know what? You know. And the funny part is, I hardly ever eat, so yeah. Well, I don't have to worry about that. Shoot, how's how's uh, how's this winter meetings compare, man? You haven't been to one in a while, right? I've been to one in a long, long time. I think the, the last one I, I went to was probably when I was a writer, so that's twenty-seven years ago. Okay. So I haven't I haven't been to the winter meetings uh, since I became a radio broadcaster in '92. It, it's. I think baseball is missing a really good opportunity. I talked to a really big-time agent yesterday, and he said that he was going to meet with Rob Manfred and say, you guys are dropping the ball. The whole world is talking about baseball. You should have a a deadline that you have to sign free agents by the end of the winter meetings, and then everybody would sign, and these three days would be full of announcements and interviews and trades like that. But there's in any kind of negotiations, even in union negotiations, Nothing gets done until there's a deadline, not until the 11th hour. So, I mean, if, if you know you could sign a guy in January, why are you rushing to sign him here in Las Vegas until, you know, you feel comfortable and you know everything, all the information that's out there? I just don't think there's any urgency here for things to get done. And I think that hurts the game because this could almost be like, you know, Don LeGrecker brought this up on, on the radio show. It could almost be like a mini Super Bowl. Because yeah. the media's here and, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of like a, a makeshift radio row, which they have at the Super Bowl. Every station in the country would be here if you knew that there were going to be deals right. made. Yeah, so exactly. it'd be a, it's, a, it's a big opportunity for baseball to grab the headlines. Yeah, Cole, we were speaking to Coley Harvey earlier today, and he said that he thinks Harper and Machado are just hold, waiting each other out because whoever, whoever signs second is going to say, well, I want more than what he just got. And then the rest of the free agents are kind of waiting out those two because they set the market, and it's this big waiting game, and a deadline would fix that right away. And, and the thing that makes it even more of an issue is that the agents – for Machado and Harper, respectively, don't like each other at all. And, you know, Dan Lozano, who represents um, Machado, took A-Rod from Boris and took Machado from From Boris. Boris. Mm -hmm. So they both of them want to have the highest-paid guy. And in order to be the highest-paid guy, you probably have to be second. Yeah. Because the first guy who signs, the second guy says, I've got to get a dollar more. And a, an agent uses that to recruit clients. Listen, I have the highest, I got the highest contract right. ever. So it becomes personal unless either Machado or Harper step in and go, yeah. okay, Enough let's get enough. it done. I, I want to go here. Yeah. Do you think there's a deadline? Do you think that, like, what's the latest this could possibly go? Could we get to middle of January and neither of them have signed? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to Boris. And again, if Lozano's dead set on, on beating the average annual value of what Boris gets, and he's going to wait too, then it becomes a, a ridiculous game of chicken. Uh, although a, a team could put a deadline, like a team with a 10-year, $350 million offer could That's say, true. you know what, it's off the table by Tuesday. If you don't sign it, and then then it can't be pushed that long. And the thing with, a, with an expenditure of this extent, you got a situation where you can't do anything else with the team until that gets done. Because right. you have to know what your payroll is and, and where this is going to put you toward the threshold. You can't wait out until forever. I mean, the Yankees could wait till the middle of March to sign Neil Walker. You can't wait. To sign Harper and Machado yeah. to late, you have to know because other pieces of the puzzle have to be put in. Yeah, I mean, you get this all day, but it's the questions like everyone's asked. Do you actually think they're fully out on Harper or Machado? I mean, definitely no, I think not they're Machado. In on Machado. I, I've, I've said after some from the day after the World Series, they're in on Machado because right. it seems like they're looking for reasons to lo- to want him. Right. Know, because to me, he had his job interview in October on the biggest stage, and he wore jeans. And his breath smelled and he didn't shave. So you know what he is. And I give him credit. He's not a phony. Yeah. He is who he is. Yeah. This is what you're going to get. Anybody that signs him that expects anything differently, shame on them. Right. Caveat emptor. I think that they would like Harper at a five-year deal, probably at a higher average annual value than he would get for a 10-year deal. So that would be the attraction. Right. But the thing that's negative for the Yankees or any team that wants a shorter deal, you see the way the market is now. If you get sign either of these guys to a five-year deal, they're 31 the next time. 31-year-olds right. are getting contracts. No Look what happened with Cano. Yeah. Half the deal, and they were giving him away. Right. So uh, it's not wise to give a long-term contract to a 31-year-old. Not at all. 
Do you have how much does your fandom weigh in with all this stuff when you do the radio show? Because you grew up a Yankees fan. Uh, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Do you? Do you Once you watch the sausage being made, yeah, <laughs> you can separate yourself. Well, <laughs> I, since taking the job, I, I root for individual people. Okay. People that I like. People that treat me like a human being. Yeah. Uh, people that I you know can engage in conversation with. Like eh, I was unabashed rooting for Andy Pettit and David Cohn every time yeah. they pitch. Because they're great guys, and certain guys come up to play. I, want, I mean, I'm not rooting against anybody, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not crestfalling if a te- crestfalling if a team wins or loses. Because you, I mean, you're going to wear yourself out if you do that. Who's you the guy right the now, or is that? Do we have to wait till uh, they're not playing anymore? Or can you reveal like who's? Is there oh, I reveal everything. Uh, I like Brett Gardner a lot. Yep. He's a real guy. Aaron Judge is a great guy. Uh, those are two guys I like a lot. Okay. Um, and I think the most Yankee fans would agree with that. I mean, yeah, Brett Gardner. There's some weird people out there that get mad, but I mean, he has been a joy to like just his interviews and his tenacity and all that is yeah. pretty fun. Severino's a sweetheart. Um, Batances is a really sweet guy, so you like to see them do well. Ruko so. says Batances too. We asked him, and that was the first time. I never, I don't know Batances' personality. It doesn't come through to the fans. Yeah, he's a great the TV guy. And the interviews because he's a little shy. But Ruko said the same thing. He's awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great kid. Felt he's like, not a kid anymore. Felt like sly sense of humor when he was on R two C two. Like just. Kind of subtle jabs at the end, like yeah, it's funny being playful, and it's funny because something like that, they're funnier with each other, ball players, than they are when they're out in public with the media. They let the right. guard down, so I mean that vehicle for CC with Ryan, guys just feel comfortable with CC because they almost feel like they're in the clubhouse. Right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. He came on. Uh, um, who was it? Uh, McCutcheon came on, and I CC just said, "Just talk, man." And yeah, they did. That's pretty cool. <laughs> McCutcheon impressed the heck out of me in two months. I never thought he'd get. Close to $17 million a year, which yeah. makes the Gardner one-year deal look really, really good for the Yankees. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but um, because there's not that much of a separation between the two of them. But he's I, I actually walked up to him at the end of September at his locker, and I said, let me tell you something, and I don't mean this disparagingly toward Pittsburgh. If you played for the Yankees or the Mets your whole career, you'd be oh, one of the biggest superstars yeah, in baseball. Yeah, yeah. His personality, his mastery of, of, of social media, uh, the fact that he happens to be an outstanding player, he'd be a much bigger star than he is. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Pittsburgh kind of doesn't have it there. <laughs> well, it doesn't. I mean, it's yeah. got a good stadium. It like. does, and he's going to do well there. Yeah. He's going to do well. Yeah. All right, we'll let you go now. I know you got a busy day. That's it? Anything for us? Yeah, you, you want to you turn it We're around? First year on the sidelines over here? Uh, you know what impresses me that you know, I, I'm sure you guys are not um, highly paid to do this <laughs> and to show the get-up-and-go to trek out to Las Vegas and do this and be creative. And, you know, I've, I've told you this. It's impressive. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of young people don't do this. They expect things to come to them. Obviously, you're going out and you're, you're grabbing life by the crotch and you're trying to get a reaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. I've been trying to grab everyone by the crotch. If, if, <laughs> if it, you know what? And you can, and I, don't, I don't hope it doesn't turn out this way, but if, when it's all said and done, if it doesn't work out the way you want, you're never going to say, I didn't try. Yeah. And no, that's, that's, that's the one thing you always, you're never going to, I always tell people, don't, don't. Don't not succeed because you didn't work hard enough because that's inexcusable. And it's almost like running to first base because <laughs> you can control effort. You can't control result. Exactly. Well, it's been good. And the Yes crew, I mean, Jack came on. Ryan, come on. You've come on. It's been uh, But I was the best of them, right? Uh, the, of course. Come on. Let's be honest. Of Who course. got the most hits? It's you. Well, you know, because I made that really good video of the, the, coin, right. the coin home run. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was there good. Your is that the reason, or is your sweater, I'm, a, your I'm a delightful your guy? Your sweater was a big hit, too. <laughs> really? Say something yeah. nice. Say something nice. <laughs> <laughs> is that the top seller, the history with an exclamation no, mark? No, no one beats Judge. You, really? You don't have the power that Judge So what is that? Yet. That one's Here Comes the Judge? Here, uh, I'll Rise for the Judge. Ju- yeah. yeah. That is, I mean, if I even put Judge. See how Judge, quickly they forget Jeter? Sad. It, it, if I even put Judge's name in a tweet, it'll get double the amount. I said this earlier. I could say, like, I went to the gas station today, Aaron Judge, and it would get, like, You should say minutes. Michael the Judge K is on with us. <laughs> so that'll double. New nickname you're yeah, working on. Michael the Judge K. <laughs> Big 99 on the back of the Absolutely. Got, got well, that's my son's favorite player. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And a very quick story why baseball is in some trouble. with My, my, my kid just turned four, my son, and he's watched, he, I took him to the game, and Aaron Judge hit a home run. So he's all excited. Sure. And then he goes, well, how come he's not up again? Because when LeBron scores a basket, yeah, right. the next time down, he has the ball. Yeah. If Tom Brady throws a 30-yard pass, next time he has the ball, you have to wait an hour the next time Aaron mm. Judge. So inherently for younger people, they don't have the patience. For their favorite player, yeah. I want to see it again. Yeah. Why isn't Aaron Judge up again? And you're trying to explain to a three-year-old that 
it takes nine guys to come up again, but he doesn't get it. He wants to see Aaron Judge yeah. again. That's Mark Cuban's idea for the fixed baseball. Did you ever hear that? He said to, you, we, you we can, route the thing in the ninth? In the ninth inning, you can throw up wherever you want. I think they're going to make some change. I don't know if it's going to be that drastic, but I think Manfred knows that something has to change. Did you hear Buck Showalter's idea? What did he say? He said that both leagues have the DH, but as soon as the starting pitcher's out, you lose the DH. I like that. It's interesting. I would, you would have to do something like if Giancarlo's a DH, he can replace someone else in the field. Like he can go to the field and you don't. Because you don't want to lose like that. Right. And you have to protect that position and the guys who are making money at just that position. But I mean, maybe you could break that. I mean, to me, I love the strategy of baseball, but to me, it's far outweighed by the ineptitude of National League pitchers hitting. Yeah. I just don't see how great it is. No, and then the, the coveted double switch is like that. That's what we're excited about. I remember I covered the, um, in the 87 World Series for the Post. And the Twins were in it. And, you know, the big question was about Tom Kelly. Would he be able to handle the double switch? And I, I, I asked him, I said, are you, are you worried about the double switch? He said, it's really not brain surgery. <laughs> yeah. He goes, people are making it out to be a big deal. It's not that hard. Yeah. And he won two World Series. Yeah. There you go. We're athletes after all, not, uh, not doctors and lawyers. You know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good to all see right, you guys. Thank you very much, man. All right. You got it. Thank you so much. All right, so there you have it. Quick, short, fun conversation with Michael K. Jake told him he was grabbing a lot of crotches. Yeah. That seemed to be, that was an interesting thing that you said to Michael K. Slipped up. Yeah, yeah. Loose cannon. You, I'm, my words are getting worse. Let's just be honest. <laughs> what, we, we went to get lunch one day. What, what, what was the verbiage I used? Oh, man. Jake said a sentence, and I just said, Jake, if someone was to write that down and show it to you in print, how much would you hate yourself? Yeah, Jim, Jimmy was <laughs> Jimmy was regretting everything for about 15 seconds because we go get lunch, and we're, we're in this loopy mode. Like, you're in this Vegas mode where every carpet you've seen is one of those, like, you know, psychological patterns that it's supposed to make you gamble. You're getting pumped in the oxygen. We're working a lot. We're walking a lot. So we go like, we're like, all right, let's treat ourselves to a sit-down lunch. And I see a bacon, egg, and cheese, and it jumped out to Jake me. Jake said, he said, oh, not bacon, egg, and sneeze. That sounds tits. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I was like, when you play it back, I sound like a cork soaker. But uh, yeah. Welcome to the so, douche. The douche. Um, Michael K's the man. We yes. should say that, right? Very nice. Yeah, I got to get him a sweater. I think I think the best I think the best way I was thinking if I were to describe it to someone because you asked him if he turns off, yeah, and I I think he doesn't. I think he just people have like these broadcaster personalities or their on air personality, and it's it some of them can be contrasting or a lot different. I think Michael K is basically his on air personality, but just like after an exhale. Yeah. Like the second the camera turns off, there's an exhale and it's like, yeah, you know, I could drop a cuss line or be like, you know, what what the hell was that guy saying? <laughs> like just he he comes down from the on air a little bit and he's cool dude, man. I remember the the one little behind the scenes tidbit of we were we could hear Michael K's radio show, but just his side of things. We had no yeah. idea what Don <laughs> or Pete were saying. At one point, I think what Michael was saying was that Machado's on path to be one of like the top 10 players ever if he keeps this up for the next whatever how many right. years I don't know what it was but it was something along those lines and in between commercials he got up and walked over to Curry and like laid it on him like what do you think and then they kind of did the thing and then he went back and you know what I mean so it's just like yeah. he's just having baseball conversations nonstop. it's pretty awesome yeah pretty awesome all right we got a bunch of voicemails here that we're going to get into and we have a bunch of interviews coming up and we're going to divvy them out because some were uh more evergreen than others some were more topical and and uh obviously we hadn't spoke with you guys in a long time because we didn't do that many voicemails last episode so yeah. i thought we'd do voice michael k and voicemails today and then there'll be some in the future we'll, we'll divvy it out however but we're going to do voicemails today so let's just get straight into that Yo, Talking Yanks, this is Brian from Denver. just want to say I love the show. I uh, want to comment on the Jay Happ signing. Meh, you know? Jay Happ is like going to prom with your sister's friend. You're going to know what's going to happen. You know what to expect. And, you know, the night goes on. Kind of want more. I want uh, a big trade. want a big signing. Something. We have all this money to spend, and we're kind of sitting on our hands. 
a little disappointed. Let's see what happens in the coming days. Out. All right, we have another one on HAP as well. Hey, guys, it's uh, Eli from upstate New York. I'm sure everyone's going to be calling in about the uh, J-HAP signing, but I was just wondering what you guys thought about the, the specifically the amount of money that they gave him because two years for 34 mil, 17 mil a year. And the way I look at it is, you know, that's $17 million that might not be going to a guy like Machado, especially looking at how uh, Charlie Morton got two years and 30 mil. It's even cheaper, and he's a couple years younger, just had a really good year too. But I don't know. I thought maybe it was a little bit too much, but I'm happy with it overall. Let me know what you think. Thanks. All right, so thanks, Brian from Denver and Eli from upstate New York for calling in. Just a couple thoughts here on the HAP signing, Jake. Brian says, meh, wants more still. I think th- I think that's fine. I think that's the general consensus. Like, that's where I was when they passed on Corbin. Like, if it's happened, that's all. I'm not that happy with it. Uh, but now, you know, you get the new mindset now that we got happen. I think we said last week, we're happy that they locked up HAP because the trades are not a guarantee. So they had to lock one of these free agents up. Keuchel, Hap, Lynn, uh, those are the three, right? Avaldi was already taken. So they had, to, they had to lock one of these three guys up. Because if you don't lock any of them up, and then no trades are, are presented to you, because it very much seems like Kluber's now going to be off the table. It seems like Syndergaard's now going to be off the table. So if, and Mad Bum off the table. That's how I'm getting, that's the sense I'm getting. So if, if all these trades that are the big, that we got so excited for, fall through, and you didn't get Hap, Keiko, Lynn in the way, or I mean, not even Lynn. It's really Hap, Keiko, Avaldi, and we didn't want Avaldi. So it's really Hap or Keiko. If you didn't get one of those guys, you're fucked. So they, they needed to get Hap. They went the third year. Um, is it still meh for you? In a way, but no, uh, not for me. I, I think this one is really tough to take the fan hat off, Jim, because when you think about Patrick Corbin who we we had our sights on him. You start building things up. The guy finished fifth in the Cy Young voting last year. Um, he he was an all-star. He had incredible K rate, 200 innings, a 3.15 ERA. You start getting excited. You're like, oh, this guy's figured it out. He loves Andy Pettit, blah, blah, blah. You keep doing the song and dance. Where his price tag ends up landing for his body of work ends up being pretty crazy. Um if you get last year's Pat Corbin, it's worth it. If you don't, that's going to be a really bad contract. But as a fan, you talk yourself into Patrick Corbin being the next Andy Pettit, et cetera, et cetera. So when that fell off the table, you're right. It's basically Hap or Keuchel. Keuchel's clearly not the pitcher he used to be. Hap has almost aged. He's gotten better with age, you could almost say. And when he was with the Yankees last year, I mean, if – if going to the prom with your sister's friend is seven and zero with a two six nine ERA, like fine, I'm I'm down. That sounds great. That's like a great situation to me in high school. If I got to go with one of my sister's friends, because like, all right, I don't have to ask and get like scared of being turned down because it's just kind of like, oh, we're friends. We'll just go like this, and then it's like I have my in. I'll just win her over. My sister, sh- what she doesn't have to under- know anything, and then we're good. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and I. Again, we're, I mean, Hap's numbers the past few years are just really solid. Like, I get, I guess the thing that hurts Yankee fans is like, it's, it's <laughs> like J Hap is, his ceiling is what? I mean, he's just super solid. He has like a 3 3 ERA and he wins like 20 games. If he just, if he goes six innings, one or two earned runs every time, like with this offense, he's going to be special. And that's what we saw with him. Corbin, there was a chance he steps up and becomes our true number one that everyone's looking for and everyone's complaining about. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's it. I'm, I'm happy with the Hap signing. Uh, and then to compare him to Charlie Morton, like you just kind of did, Hap's better than Morton, right? Yeah, I mean, more he's more stable. Even, who cares about the age? Age hasn't slowed Hap down. Now it might in that third year, but right, Morton is like an anomaly. He's like a not a knuckleballer. I was going to compare him to R.A. Dickey, but like just like late, late um, goodness in his career. That's not a good sentence. No, no, it's not. <laughs> um, no. It, he, was, he was he was incredible last year. He had a three one three ERA. Um, 
but his career before that, he had a 4-4-1 ERA. Um, and we're talking about a decade of baseball. So, yeah, again, is, is there a chance he's figured it out or whatever they're doing in Houston? Yeah, but, I mean, if, if you had to pick one of these guys, you're taking Happer all day, especially that he already showed it. He's already showed it in New York. He was really good. I feel like everyone's ignored that, and they think he's just going to die. Yeah, the biggest thing I've heard is that he's a fastball pitcher, and when you get older, you lose miles per hour on his fastball, and then what if he loses a little bit? But he, but he's a he's not like a fastball pitcher with a ninety six mile per hour fastball, is he? How fast does no. he throw? It's more about no. it's more about pinpoint than blowing Location, the guys away. movement. Yeah, I mean he's a fastball changeup guy. I mean, you know, there that's when you could start sneaking in some ridiculous baseball adages like, yeah, you know, as as the game goes and he loses a little off his fastball, it actually makes his changeup that much better. And it's like, okay, that's <laughs> maybe not any stats there, but no, I mean, just Cap has been so consistent. Um, He's going to be really solid, and I get the other thing for me is if he had a, a six-inning, one-earn-run start in the Boston game, I think people would be screaming to have Jay hat back, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I, I haven't let that affect me at all. He was our best pitcher down the stretch, but but I did want more. Well, and, and I think this is going to come up uh, as we go. Here's the next voicemail. Talking Yanks, a disgruntled Yankee fan from Monmouth County. These winter meetings are shaping up to be a disaster. I don't understand what we're waiting for. We need to be aggressive. We need to have a plan, and we need to go out and execute it. Sitting here waiting on Kluber, waiting on Syndergaard, waiting on Hat. We're going to get screwed. We're going to get nobody. Cash needs to execute the plan. Go get one of these pitchers. Go sign Machado, and let's get on with it. Let's go. Yeah, uh, so we got Hap, so this was before we got Hap. But I just wanted to say, like, this is we just talked with Michael Kay about this. And that everyone procrastinates to the last minute, no matter what it is or what you're doing. And and it's a waiting game. This whole offseason is a waiting game. And there's reasons why they're not – no one wants to really make the first move. And it's like, okay, we had to see Evaldi get picked up and Charlie Morton get picked up, and then Hap got finalized. And there, we had to see the reliever market start moving, and then we're going to talk about probably the rest of the relievers will go. Machado and Harper – still need to fall like and it, and you understand why it's a waiting game that's what we just talked about with michael and michael said that he wanted that deadline like there should be a deadline at winter meetings i think that would be fantastic be awesome. yeah it would be awesome there'd have to be some stipulations and all that but but i mean it's not i don't think that it's it's not being aggressive for the sake of not being aggressive or for the sake of not doing anything it's just all this weird gamesmanship yeah, I mean, the the Harper-Machado stuff, that's obviously its own thing. Um, but it is going to be wild with the whole agent rivalry and those guys trying to get paid and where they actually want to go. Um, Machado meeting with the Yankees Wednesday. Hey. That, that was announced. Um, we'll see. I I mean, yeah, I, I think all signs are pointing to Machado right now. That's, we'll what, I'm, that's what I feel, too. Right, right now, you just you can't predict any of that i think the bigger thing you and i are more excited for is the idea that we've been spinning for a little bit now that you know for us it feels good when jack curry or michael k kind of give you a head nod on one of these things but i think the yanks are going to get another pitcher and it's uh, what quality is it someone like kikuchi i mean are they going to go full nut job and if someone like like if a bum garm deal is out there do they pull the trigger i, I mean at this point i feel like for the Giants and whoever they trade with, they're going to keep Bumgarner till midseason and trade him at the deadline. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I, – I don't know. I'm more excited to see the pitcher because if Harper and Machado fall through, you kind of do one of these, damn, would would have been cool to have one of those guys, but then you you, you keep on keeping on. If they get I told that, you we weren't allowed to say that anymore. I, I like saying that. Okay, um, then we're allowed to say it. Then we're allowed to say it. Um so, yeah, we'll see. All right. Next voicemail, which is a really fun conversation, I think. Okay. Hey, guys, this is Carlos. I got a quick question for you regarding Sonny Gray. Now that we have the starting five, wouldn't it make sense to actually keep him as a six-man, long man? Uh, I think he's better than any of the options out there and better probably what we have in-house. 
And the second part is uh, you're doing pretty good in the winter meetings. Uh, I enjoy you guys over there. But, you know, it seems like you're underselling yourself and seems like you are a little bit uh, nervous about being a podcaster over there. Dude, you guys are there. You're pretty good and people know you. So keep it up. Jake, you don't suck, brother. Pretty nice. Carlos, I appreciate nice that. Stuff. A little kick in the butt telling us to have a little confidence and stuff. Never. Nice. Anyway, this Sunny Gray conversation is something that you fell into organically after we signed Tap. Yeah. And then in all my places where I search for Yankees Talk Twitter and everything else, I saw some other people just organically falling into it. And it's kind of like a hush, like, wait, 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 guys, I think that, well, I don't want to, don't beat me up, but Sonny might be the best option as a six starter. And it's interesting, Jake, because he committed to selling Sonny. Right. But I think you could say, like, oh, what if Sonny and CZ split road home games? And there's the six-man rotation that way. Like, is Sonny better than rolling the dice on Kikuchi? Is keeping Sonny as a six-man better than, I don't even know who else is out there, that you get to be this, like, kind of swing man? And you, you had this conversation uh, just, like, in the elevator or whatever with me. So where do your thoughts lie on this still? I mean, if if Cashman didn't come out after the season and say we're moving Sonny Gray, like with full confidence, if he if he gave <laughs> Cashman interviews like we saw on the Yes Network, and he just said, "Well, you know, Sonny Gray's a talented player. We'll we'll look into some different options, but you know, we'll we'll see with Sonny Gray." I think right now we'd be saying this is perfect. Like Sonny Gray will stumble into twenty twenty five starts. You can use him out of the bullpen sometime. And I, I think this legit swingman role is going to take place in Major League Baseball. We heard Evaldi got offers for that. In this Yankees team, you already need to pencil it in. CeCe is going to have two DL stints. Um, like, someone else is going to get hurt. So, like, we're talking about, oh, maybe this Kikuchi guy could work out. What about Sonny Gray, a guy that was an ace a couple years ago? Um I don't know. It just, it seems like again Cashman went deep on that. He started backpedaling a little bit. Um it just feels like they'd have to fully rebuild that whole relationship. Like Sonny, <laughs> you know, it it didn't really work out for you. It didn't really work out for us. Let's let's get back back to it, kid. Um at the same time on on this week's episode of Talking Reds, they could still be penciling Sonny Gray as as their third starter. So when you start talking value-wise, the Yankees are viewing Sonny Gray as this, what, $12 million after he gets his arbitration, swingman, six-man? Um, I don't know. It depends where all the value lands. But I'm telling you, if his name wasn't – if last year didn't happen, wouldn't we be saying, like, that this would be awesome? <laughs> but last year did happen. But I think but it did if happen. last year happened on another team if, – if, right. if last year happened on another team – would there be Yankee fans saying, well, look at his, look at this stats, look at this stats, like he's fine as a six-man swing man. It's very interesting. Yeah, and I, so, I started doing, I, I was joking about it, but then not joking about it. You know, hey, CeCe, you don't have to come on this road trip. Well, just, Sonny will get a couple starts in because he had the 317 road ERA last year. Big C will be chilling, drain yeah. the knee, play with the kids. I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it. Does make sense. Brian Cashman's just on his treadmill like right now, like, oh, these little peckerheads. <laughs> hey guys, this is Oh, that's Carlos again. Hey, this is Rick from New York. I got a question for Talking Yanks. A lot of people aren't happy with the starting rotation if it stays the way it is. But what if they go out and get a couple of relievers? Uh, there's plenty of free agents. Robertson, Kimbrell, you get Soria, Adovino. I feel like that would be better to add depth to that. We've got five starters with Montgomery coming back. All right, thanks. Relievers. They started to fall, and then you thought all the dominoes were going to fall, and then they haven't. Now, we heard that the Yankees aren't that interested in bringing back D-Rob, which was a gut punch for me because I want them to bring back D-Rob. If they're not interested in bringing back D-Rob, then is it Adovino? Is that how you say it, Adovino? Adovino. Adavino, Adavino. Hey, we're out of vino. Oh, we're out of vino. Fetch me my wine. Fetch me my wine. Who do you think they're getting? What relievers do you want? I mean, if it was me, I'd just bring back D-Rob and uh, 
D-Robin Adovino, D-Robin Britton. I don't care. Give me two of them. But are they only going to get one of them? What's going to happen here, Jake? I, I think the biggest light bulb you, me, and I think it was when we were sitting down with Michael K had with David Robertson. It was just like, if Robertson wanted to be a Yankee, wouldn't he already be a Yankee and by the, now? And if the Yankees wanted him back, wouldn't he already be back? Like, like look, look at how quickly CeCe and Gardner went down. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I think... I think the interesting thing with the relievers, like Familia never seemed, Familia was never in play for the Yankees. No. Um, Joe Kelly was never in play for the Yankees. Joe Kelly did, did another Did another reliever sign? Um, Familia, Kelly. I think those were the two that dropped at the same time, and everyone's like, oh, here we go. Lance Thir- Lynn got signed. <laughs> Three years, 30 million club. Um, yeah. So I'll say this. I mean, I think Andrew Miller was interesting to us because if you can get him healthy and have that weapon in the bullpen, that would be awesome. Uh, D-Rob is still in play, even though it doesn't seem like it. And then everyone's falling in love with Adovino because his slider gifts are awesome. Um, And he could strike out uh, Babe Ruth every single time. Every single time. Coney with the slap back. Um, Babe Ruth (laughs) would strike out Adovino every single time. Which is awesome. Um, Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Call me, call me crazy. Call me maybe. If you're a if you're a mid market team, you don't have to pay full, full, full closer price for Adovino because he's never done it. Like, why don't you take a shot on him and see if that slider works, babe? Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I, this comes back to, I who's uh, who was out all of last year? Keller, Heller, yeah, Ben Heller. So I don't know. I think you and I haven't fully mapped it out again. Brian Cashman's blackboard. What's the what's the bullpen Shit. look like for Brian Cashman? Is Heller on the board right now? Cash, I have what's no your, idea. Cash, what's your board look like? That's a question I should have asked you when I talked to you for two seconds. Yeah, should have snuck that in. <laughs> hey, by, by, by the way, what's your board look like? Well, I'll see ya. See you later. So um, what, what if what if I asked you? Well, who do we have? We have Chapman, Batansis, Green, Holder. Are we counting Canely or something? That Canely's an interesting one. What let's okay, let's make an interesting category. So we've got four bona fide guys. So the four are guys are Chapman, Batansis, Green, and Holder. Yeah. And then we you got, got Kane, Tommy Tight Pants. We don't really know what's going on with him. Tarpley. Tarpley, ya boy, ya boy Tarpley. Ben Heller was ready to come up before he got Tommy John. Like he was ready to make that imprint. And Holder kind of got it from him, uh, but you can't you can't count on Heller as a major league talent at all. No, but I mean when you when you start okay, so we're through those names now, and we think there's gonna be a swingman sixth guy. I mean, Bridwell. It's, it it sounds like they're gonna bring in one more body, whether it's and and maybe I don't know, maybe Cashman doesn't have a preference, and they just have a ten million per year contract offer out there for. Robertson, Adovito, Britain, and whoever caves first, they'll go get. Yeah, I don't I know. think the Michael Kay interview we just had, he said something like, especially with the relievers, like, maybe you don't have to get two before the season starts. You just get one and then you wait for trade deadline to go get that second guy. Like yeah, they did I, with Britain. And I mean, what if what if someone like Heller or Holder takes a step up? I mean, I I go into this spoiled Yankee fan rant now and then. I've seen I've seen Rockies teams that didn't have one guy they want to use out of the bullpen, and we're talking about four guys we like, and now we're talking about signing a premier guy. And what if someone else steps up? Now we have six <laughs> semi lockdown guys that can come out of the pen. Yeah, that um, thought, that thought process we just had makes me think that they'll try to get one reliever, start the season with that. And then make a move for if they need to a reliever during the trade trade uh, deadline. Yeah, I like that because every team you go into spring training like let's remember this: the team you go into spring training with is not the team you go into the playoffs with ever. Tyler Wade, ever ever. Oh yeah, we don't talk about him according to you. Love him, love him. I hope love that. Him. Never mind. All right. I was going to, it was too much. Here we go. We got some Machado, Machado questions. Machada. Hey. What up, John Boy? I'm Jake. This is for Talking Yang. 
This is Michael from Petaluma, California, representing the Bay Area. Lots of Yankee fans out here, just in case you guys don't know. A lot of Yankee fans out here. couple questions for you. If the Yankees sign Manny Machado, where does that put in Duhar if he, if he hasn't been moved yet? And the second question is, if Machado is signed by the Yankees, would you be opposed to having him bat lead off and have the top four or top three be Machado, Judge, and Stanley? Let me know what you think. Love the podcast. Go Yankees. All right, and the next Machado one. Hey, guys, this is for Talking Yanks. Jake, I want to tell you that you're all right, bro. Nah, man, you fucking suck. Anyway, after all this talk about Machado and the Yankees don't want to go up to over a $300 million contract, what do you guys think a reasonable offer would be a realistic, I want to say, obviously, because I don't think the Yankees will come close to three hundred million. I think Machado's camp wants three fifty plus. So with the restructures and bonuses and I don't know games played or homers, what could be a realistic contract that Manny Machado might want to sign to join the Yankees? Love the podcast, guys. Take care. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, man. Bye. All right, so we got Michael from Petaluma. Shout out Petaluma. Played a hockey there a couple times. Santa Rosa, Snoopies. Where is Andujar if the Yankees sign Machado? Think if the Yankees sign Machado, Andujar's at third and Machado's at short for the first part of the season, and then you figure it out. Agree or disagree? Yeah, that's one of the biggest thing I think we talked ourselves into about Machado was like, hey, you throw Machado at short for the first half of the year, you find out if Andujar can actually pick it at third. It's kind of the perfect like final trial period for Andujar. Um, and then, yeah, if, they're, if Didi comes back, then you start making some interesting decisions from there. Um, and my final Andujar thing is just don't throw him in left field because I'll laugh at you. He's, he won't do that. Nice. And Machado batting leadoff with, I forget the order. Machado, was you say Machado, he, Judge, he said Stan? Machado, Judge, Stan. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I'd put him in the middle of the order. Yeah, I, something I felt I I ended up enjoying the thought of that I didn't coming into the season, but man, you you got to break it up a little bit. When I just saw those pitchers banging sliders to Judge and Stanton back to back, I was like, Yo, let's break this up. Yeah. Well. Um. And I think Machado, I mean, I think almost every right-handed batter has this scouting report in Major League Baseball now that it's throw the hard slider away with two strikes. Um, but, yeah, you go the, those three guys in a row. I think if you're the pitcher, you're like, all right, <laughs> slider time, baby. Tommy John season. I don't know. I, the leadoff spot is going to be a story next year, Jim. Hicks, Glaber, does someone step up and own it? I think Hicks has it right now. They love Hicks. Yeah, yeah they love Hicks. I think Hicks has it right now. Hicks, Judge. And then I Harper. don't know. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hicks Judge. My dream of December twenty third, Harper and Machado dual press conference still alive. Still alive. Still, still alive. All right. Uh, what's a realistic contract for the Yankees? I don't like doing money stuff. You do. Saying if the Yanks aren't going to offer him three hundred million for ten years, uh, well, then what's a realistic contract? I, in my brain, it's it's three hundred million for ten years. Like like that's what he's going to want and get. What what could they get creative otherwise? Yeah, I think, there's going to be the, opt outs in here like uh, a rod started that trend is putting an opt out. So like in five years, they can opt out and become free agents or whatever they want if they think they're going to get more money. So do you front load it? I, I don't know. What do you have any creative things? Because this is kind of out of my realm of thought. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think my thing that's been the hot take throughout is I think Machado is going to get the bigger contract just because he has more baseball value when you start factoring his defensive positions. Um, I think the, the, the part of it I haven't looked into money-wise is that Bryce Harper is more marketable and one of baseball's few kind of marketable stars right now. So if you start doing jersey sales and butts in the seats and things like that, maybe Harper can, can take it up a notch. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, the, the opt-out is going to be really interesting because I, you know, people have penciled in Stanton because he'll, you know, what, he's got so much money coming in, blah, blah, blah. Man, 
what if he puts up a 60 homer season, you know, the year before his opt out and Bryce and Manny are walking around just getting these $300 million deals? Uh, homeboy could still opt out. I know that's a lot of Yankees fans' dreams right now because they kind of hate Giancarlo because he, he didn't come up through our farm system. Um, I don't know. I think the, the opt-outs are going to be the creative thing to watch. Machado gets – is anyone going to give out a 12-year contract, Jim? I hope not. I don't know. Yeah. Cap it at 10 years. How about that? There's a take. Cap it at 10 years. There's a take. Sure. There's a take. There's a take. Hashtag there's a take. There's a take. Not going to be hot takes anymore. Just there's a take. There's a take. <laughs> All right. Next voicemail. Hi. I just, I wanted to call in for a little. This is my first time in a long time. And I just really wanted to say, uh, okay, so maybe Jake does suck because of the, his height and his width and all that. But he, he seems like I'd, I'd hang out with him for no longer than 10 minutes. Thanks. Bye. What was that? Voicemail. You didn't use the voicemail from when you wanted me to call in and test out the voicemail line and then use that as a voicemail. I don't I just I just use what comes through on my end. That's just <laughs> Hey, just using what I got on my end, buddy. <laughs> don't spin this on me. You got played. I got played. I played the game and I got played. Hey guys, I'm a big fan. Thank I was you. just wondering, I'm not saying that either of the players would be interested in this, but what do you think it would take for them to accept a one-year deal for Machado and Harper? What kind of money do you think they would want? Thanks, guys. All right. They got it. It goes down to a one-year deal, Jake. They're like, oh, shit. It's, you know, the MLB and the money's guaranteed. So fuck long-year deals. I just need a one-year deal. Reinvent myself. Let people know I'm a stud. Obviously, this is never going to happen. Like he even said, it's never going to happen. It's guaranteed money in the MLB. Why would you do this? You would take <laughs> the most money in the most years all time. So if one of these guys was just like, screw it, I just want to try one year for one price. Trevor like, Bowers. What, what could they get? Yeah, Trevor Bowers trying to do that. But what would it take? So I looked this up. The most money is right now Trout makes like $34 million a year. So what if it was one year... $40 million. Now you're the highest paid player in baseball history. You make 40 mil for one year and your value is probably not going to drop that much next year. What would, do you think that would any, I mean, this isn't going to happen. It's kind of fun. It, yeah, it, it is fun to think about. Cause then it, it does go into the other financial stuff that I, I kind of just mentioned. Like if, you know, I, I could see GMs punching an equation. Like, could we pay one of these guys 50 mil for a year? Would we put enough butts in seats and sell enough jerseys? I mean, again, it, it almost you start leaving the baseball field and what you're getting production-wise there. Um, I think it'd be north of 40 if a GM could get away with doing one year. Be interesting. Gets hurt in spring training. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I don't would you, would you be even able to like sell jerseys and stuff if the fan base knows he's only around for a year? I think so, man. Yeah. Someone like Harper. Yeah. I think I think someone like Harper and Machado, like you could have sold Yankee jerseys with their names on it for the last three years and you would have done like better in sales than Gardner. <laughs> yeah, it would be close. You think that? Like you just be tight. In like two thousand Chapman jerseys? <laughs> yeah, two thousand like, 2000- I think I'd rather have a fake Harper Yankees jerseys than an Aroldis Chapman jersey. Do you That's think there's mean. Do you think there's rules about that? Like do you think the Yankees cannot sell jerseys for players that aren't on their payroll? Could the Yankees just go ahead and make a Trout jersey that's a Yankees jersey and sell it? Because people like there would be crazy people that would buy it. Yeah, I I I don't know all the rules behind it, but I think even if you try to do like a make your own shirt on the official MLB website, if you did like a Trout twenty seven Yankees, I think it stops you. Really? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I f- I forget I, I I forget what road I went down with that once, um, but yeah, there's there's got to be MLB licensing stuff there. Yeah. Cash, send us a DM. Hey, guys. Matt calling in to Talking Yanks. 
obviously the past uh, few days, big rumors that Noah Syndergaard. But um, I want to credit, I believe it was Pinstripe Alley I read an article from, pointing this out, how maybe we should be suspicious of why the Mets are dealing Syndergaard in the way that Brody Van Wagenen. All right, basically, should we be suspicious that they're dealing Syndergaard because he was his agent? Um, I don't know. The whole call is under the presumption that, like, all those rumors were true. Um, but no, I don't think so. Like, I love Bro- I love Brody. The elements are crazy when you have an ex-agent as a GM. Like, why is he shopping this guy? It was yeah, why would he get rid of a guy that he used to represent? For for me, it's been pretty funny because <laughs> you you catch because baseball's not big with a lot of the sports personalities anymore. But this story has kind of leaked in, and I <laughs> I think there'd be a really good montage out there that <laughs> of sports personalities being like, <laughs> guy used to be a GM. Our guy used to be an agent. He's now the GM of the Mets. I think there's a good, I, there'd be a good montage of those out there. Um, they signed Wilson Ramos today, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm excited for the Mets next year. I think he's doing good things. I think Ramos makes them out on trading Syndergaard. They might trade uh, a minor piece or because they were trying to trade Syndergaard or a pitcher for Real Mudo. Now they're out on Real Mudo. They got Ramos. I think all those. I think Kluber's not going to get traded. I don't think. Bauer, I don't think Bauer's going to get traded, and I don't think Thor's going to get traded because I've said from the very start it didn't make sense to trade any of those players. Yeah, Ma- yeah. It trade made sense to trade Syndergaard if it got you Romuto, I guess. Yeah, this the Syndergaard thing. I I think when uh, again now let's get into Brody Van GM's uh, blackboards. I think there was like a Syndergaard plan under there that was like, hey, if we can get an offer for Syndergaard that can get us potentially three or four guys that can just change the whole look of this team, that might be worthwhile. Um, now I think they're at the point where, okay, they got Ramos. They they did the Cano-Diaz thing. Um, did, did they sign Familia? Yeah, I think... Yeah, because that was my, that was my whole, uh, that was my whole thing coming in. Um, yeah, he signed with the Mets. I don't know why we both kind of half blanked on that, but that was my whole thing after this Diaz trade. I was saying they're gonna sign a reliever, so then they can, so then everyone can say like, wow, this revamped Mets bullpen. They made it from a weakness to a strength. Um, I don't know. I love what Brody Van GM's doing. Hey, Talking Yanks. Just wondering why the idea of Aaron Judge playing left field has never been floated around. I know left field is the hardest or harder than right field in Yankee Stadium, and clearly he's a better athlete and outfielder than Stanton. So why don't you move Stanton to the easier position in right field and put Judge, who I think should be a gold glove, in the harder position at left field? Thanks. Um, my answer to this is because you don't want Judge banging himself out around in the outfield when he's your biggest moneymaker right now and best offensive talent. And we saw what happens when he's out. We saw what happened when he goes down. So you just don't want to risk that at all. And I know that Judge and Stanton are the same height. They are not the same size in the slightest. Judge is a horse, and Stanton is like a – who I think we were talking Coley Harvey in an interview that will come up later. He said he's more like a prize fighter. Yeah, he's got like that V – yeah, he's, ta- <laughs> he's tapered down like skinny jeans, where Judge is boot-cut jeans. Nice. <laughs> nice gene analogy, bro. Nice. Nice. Um, you just don't want to risk it, man. I mean, left field in Yankee Stadium is basically center field in a lot of other stadiums. It's huge. So it's not something that you want to risk losing Judge because he was banging around. It's the same reason why we said any team that signs Harper to 10-year deal isn't going to put him in center field and bang him around. Very rarely do you sign a power hitter and throw him in center field or a position where he's going to run himself down and wear himself out. Yeah, there there was an article this this offseason that said that the Yankees could move Judge to center field, which would almost be like a Chris Bryant move. That and was I, some, I, what article? What what I, I what publication? Was, I forget, dude. It was ESPN or something. And well, it's ESPN those, sucks. It's one of those things. Yeah, you do a big eye roll that you're like, really? Like you, if you think the Yankees would do this, you have no idea what's going on. Um, I I mean, there's still a chance. Like Stan played a solid left field last year. Like Judge, you keep him in right. He's he's a top defensive right fielder. And then for all our Red Sox fans that'll hear this, they'll come back screaming about Mookie. And you're right, that dude's incredible. Uh, Judge is really good. 
Uh, Judge is a really good defensive right fielder. I think that's kind of an underrated part of the Yankees right now is that if they go Judge, Hicks, and Guardy out there, that's that's hey, look at look at how good a good defensive outfield worked for the Red Sox this year. Yeah, um, I mean, we know our infield's, plays, our infield's some, not that great, so make the outfield good. Yes, uh, I I could see Stanton in left still. It, it depends how all this plays out. Again, I think they'd want to keep it to probably like fifty games, even if they fully committed to that. Um, cause it's a big, it's a big left field, the Yankee stadium, hot take, just a take. <laughs> there's um, a, no, there's a take. There's a take. Um, but he looked, he looked really solid out there last year. Like I coming into last season, it, when I saw Giancarlo and left, I was like, Oh boy, well, here we go. That's cause in spring training, he was, yeah. <laughs> is God awful out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think about this. I, I'll just send it back to you from the fan perspective. If you see Giancarlo in left field, I, I think you're fine with it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somehow they navigate it and rotate it around where he's playing there, get him out, getting days off. Andy Hart can DH every now and then when he's out there, and Gary can DH. I don't know, man. Everyone should just learn defense and, and be better. Learn defense and be better. All right, we got one more. You know our guy, John Boy, yeah. who, yeah, who who does the Talking Yank podcast who and does all the great oh, stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you, yeah, yeah, you love John Boy. Uh, sorry, I slipped. Wasn't a voicemail. Just, just accidentally hit the button. I accidentally hit that button where um You know our yeah, guy John Boy. Uh, who yeah, who no. who does the talking yank that podcast was, and, was and does all the great oh, stuff. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know you yeah, yeah, you love John Boy. Holy Mary Mother of God. That's all we got. That's the end of this show. Thanks for tuning in. Got well, any- soundboard action at the end. Yeah, got a lot of well, yeah. We I can't wait. Oh, Sterling did the Nets game today. Yeah. I didn't I didn't tune in, but I cannot wait when the season starts to just fill the soundboard up with Sterling-isms. going to be a lot of Sterling. The sun will come out. Tanaka. <laughs> That's good. A lot of End that. it. A lot of that. That's all we got for you. Thank you guys for tuning in. We got more interviews and more stuff from winter meetings. If you have any inter- questions from winter meetings that we did not cover that you're interested in, call us, DM us, email us, whatever you want to do. Uh, just reach out. We're, there's, Tons of different avenues for you to get in touch with us. That's about it. Go Yankees. Go Yankees. Go Yankees. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. <laughs>